Psalm 13, 13th Psalm this evening. I don't have a presentation or anything this evening. Just given what the Lord's given me to you and pray it will minister to your hearts this evening. Many times people make statements. Many times the statements originate from a good intention but they're incorrect. Many times people will make statements such as, it's wrong to ask God why. They'll make statements such as, you should never ask God why this happened. You should never question God's intent. And people will tell us these things and it's coming from a good heart and the heart behind the statement is such as God is in control, therefore we should trust Him. But then, and the Bible does teach that, but then man has taken that even further and said if we trust Him, then we should never question Him. The truth of the matter is, however, though, there are situations and circumstances such as we have encountered today and as we have encountered throughout our life that cause questions in our mind. Whether we voice those questions or not varies by the individual. And many times we feel that we cannot voice the questions that are in our mind, so we harbor those questions. Some harbor the questions and it doesn't affect them. Some harbor the questions and it causes them eventually to lead to the faith. The Bible teaches us that God allows even encourages his children to ask why. God encourages his children to question what he is doing. You see, whenever we harbor the questions within ourselves, we do not have the answers. Therefore, whenever we harbor them within ourselves, we seek to answer them within ourselves and we cannot answer them. And because they're unable to be answered in our own wisdom, we find ourselves beginning to doubt God. We find ourselves beginning to question God. There are times when it seems as if God doesn't keep his promises. I have on my arm here a bracelet, uh, a wristband, let's call it that, not a bracelet. I have a wristband here, and it says, With God all things are possible. Matthew 19.26. Chuck gave me this. Remind me to pray for Chuck. The prayer was that Chuck would be healed. With God all things are possible. Now Chuck has been healed and he's in better shape and in a better body than he's ever been in. But I wasn't praying for Chuck to go to heaven. I was praying for physical healing. I got the promise. It seems as if God didn't keep his word. And there are times when the sovereignty of God God understanding all, God knowing all, God seeing all, God having a much bigger purpose than you and I, that in His sovereign wisdom, His actions will seem contradictory to us because our vision is limited to now. 
Our vision is limited to the earthly, to the physical, to the mortal. Our vision is limited there. Therefore, if something doesn't occur within the realm that we can see and understand, it appears as if God hasn't kept His word. When God is much bigger than we are. He's outside of space. He's outside of time. He is able to see the beginning and the end. He knows everything. He is sovereign and therefore he makes decisions and he renders actions that you and I are incapable of understanding. But there are times because we are human and we are mortal that these questions focus. Why? 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 And when we feel that we're not allowed to ask God why, we feel as if He doesn't care. But this thing that you can't ask God why, you can't question God, is nowhere in the Bible. Matter of fact, the book of Psalms is predominantly prayers of David. Now there's other things in the book of Psalms, but it's predominantly the prayers of David. One third of those prayers are what are called prayers of lament. Lament is a prayer in which I ask God why. One third of David's prayers are saying, God, why? Psalm 13 is one such Psalm. Psalm 13 is a prayer of lament and there is much that we could discuss concerning the prayer of lament but this evening we, I just want us to look at Psalm 13 and I want to look at three principles found in this prayer of lament concerning finding hope when it seems that all hope is gone. Finding hope when it seems that all hope is gone. Let's read the 13th Psalm together. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemies say, I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord, because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Whenever you look at the Psalms of Lament that David wrote, you will find three main components in most every one of them. The three components are, first of all, turning to God. Turning to God. That's what we were endeavoring to do at the time of worship before we got into the lesson. Turning our hearts back to God. Speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns. Turning our hearts back to a mind toward God. The first thing you'll see in a psalm of lament is turning to God for strength. Second thing that you'll see in a prayer of lament is the complaint. The complaint. God, I don't understand. Then third, you will find in a psalm of lament a portion 
of a commitment of trusting God. So let's look at this. First thing we see in this psalm is that David turns to the Lord for strength. We see that the psalm starts off in the first first verses. It starts off with David speaking to God. He goes to God. Have you ever found yourself in a time of sorrow where you felt that your sorrow was so great that you could not pray? And the reason that you could not pray oftentimes is because you felt like you could not say to God what was on your heart. You felt like you couldn't go to God and say, God, I think you've been unfair. You felt like you couldn't go to God and say, God, I feel like you've not kept your promise. You felt like you couldn't go to God and bear your heart to Him. Therefore, you felt like you could not pray. So you would say, I need someone else to pray for me. Many times in making that request, you're asking that person, although you may not articulate it, you're asking that person, pray that the Lord will change my heart so that I can pray. But what you find in Psalms of Lament is that we are being taught to tell God what is on our heart. In times of sorrow, in times of pain, in times of doubt, in times of questioning, God doesn't want us to harbor those thoughts. He wants us to tell Him what's bothering us. David starts the psalm turning to the Lord with his complaint. He says, How long wilt thou forget me? Now you've read that phrase many times, but it may have never appeared to you as it appears to you now. David says, God, you have forgotten me. I have found myself in a position. I found myself in a place. And God, there is no doubt in my mind what my heart is telling me, what my mind is telling me is that you have forgotten me. And God, I am coming to you asking you how long are you going to forget me? God, you promised that you would not forget me, yet I have been forgotten. David is bearing his heart before God. How long wilt thou forget me forever? Have you forgot me forever, God? God, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm suffering. You don't know what I'm feeling right now. You have forgotten me, and I feel like you don't care about me. I I feel like you're never coming back to visit me. How long are you going to forget me, God? Forever? David then says... How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? God, you're not, you're not ministering to me. You're not helping me. You said you would carry me through my trouble. You said you would help me in times of sorrow. But God, I feel completely alone. I feel you've forgotten me. I feel you've hid yourself from me. How long are you going to leave me here? How long shall I take counsel in my soul having sorrow in my heart daily. How long am I going to have to struggle with this in my heart because I feel like you're not here? How long, God? How long is this going to go on? How long shall my enemy, and the enemy there can definitely be applied to a physical enemy as in battle, but it can also be applied to any situation and circumstance that is weighing down on your life. How long shall the enemy be exalted over me? We see that David turns to God with his complaint. We see that David shares with God the sorrow that this trial is causing him. 
He said, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. God, I feel like you've forgotten me. I feel like you don't understand the pain I'm in. I feel like you're not wanting to walk through this trial with me. I feel like, I feel like you're gone, you're absent. My enemy is getting the best of me. He said, God, the sorrow that I'm suffering is I feel like I'm going to sleep the sleep of death. We see that David turns to God for strength. We see that David gives his complaint to God. But then we see the last of the passage. And this is what turns a prayer of lament from griping about God to sharing my hurts with God. These psalms are not inviting us in any way to become angry with God. These verses are not inviting us to shake our fist at God and accuse God. These verses are inviting us to tell God that we're hurting. It's inviting us to tell God that we don't understand. It's inviting us to tell God that we feel like this is how we feel we're being treated. It's inviting us to express our heart to God. But a psalm of lament always ends with a statement of faith. We see here that there are three statements of trust in the end of this psalm. David says, after he's, he's turned to God, he's given his complaint to God, he's expressed his sorrow to God, he says in verse number 5, But, God, if you never remember me, God, if you never look on me and smile again, God, if my enemy does overtake me, he says, but I have trusted in your mercy. You remember the story of the three Hebrew children? He said, we're going to throw you in the burning fiery furnace. And they said, our God is able to deliver us. These three famous words have been preached on many, many, many times. But if not, we will not bow. This is what David is saying. David is going to God and David is saying, God, I feel like you've forgotten me. God, I feel like you've left me alone in this problem. I feel like I'm having to face it by myself. I feel like I'm being treated unfairly. I feel like this shouldn't have happened to me. But if you never change the circumstances, I have trusted in your mercy. David gives three statements of his trust in God in the midst of his grief. First, he says, I will trust in thy mercy. What do we understand from the word mercy? Mercy is the goodness of God. David said, I'm going to trust that although I don't understand what's going on, I'm going to trust that God is good. I'm going to trust that although I feel forgotten and forsaken, I'm going to trust that God is good. Although I don't understand this situation, although it appears to me in my limited understanding that God has even broken His promise, I'm going to trust that God is good. In the midst of sorrow, I'm going to remind myself that God is good. I will trust in thy mercy. Next of all, another statement of trust. David said, I will trust in thy mercy. But then he said, my heart 
shall rejoice in thy salvation. Now get this. God thinks in terms of eternity. You and I think in terms of time. We think we think limited. We, we have a, a, a mortal thought pattern. Everything has a start and a finish. God thinks in terms of eternity. God's purpose for our existence on this earth is to give us opportunity to choose if we'll spend eternity with Him. That is His purpose. Therefore, Whatever God may bring into the life of an individual that will secure his eternity in paradise is worth it. David says here, I'm in the midst of trouble in this life. I am in a temporal problem. There is something here on this earth that I'm struggling with, but... I'm going to rejoice in the fact that my eternity is secure. Although this life may be hard, although it may be difficult, although I may encounter stuff I don't understand, although I may feel like God has forgotten me, although I may feel like I'm forsaken, I'm going to rejoice because I know that my eternity is secure. And this temporal life, in honesty, does not matter if eternity is secure. We struggle. We struggle. All of us struggle. I don't know that we're able to move beyond the struggle of thinking temporally. And whenever we lose a loved one, whenever we lose a friend, we think temporally. We think of it as a loss. And it is a loss in regards of companionship and personal interaction. But in truth, if we were able, and I'm not reprimanding anybody because we're human and I don't think we're able, but if we were able to think eternally, we would view it completely differently. And David said, God, there's a situation in my temporal life that I'm struggling with. And I'm coming to you telling you that I'm struggling with it. But God, if you don't know anything about it, I'm still going to trust you because I know that my eternity is secure and in the big scope of things, that's all that really matters. We see that he says, I'm going to trust. In the midst of my trouble, I'm going to trust that God is good. In the midst of my trouble, I'm going to rejoice in my salvation. And then he gives one more statement of trust. He says, I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Boy, I love this one. I love this one. I don't know that I have ever been able to, when I was in a moment of grief, as David is talking about, that I would have been able to make this statement that David has made. But boy, how powerful it is. David said, I'm going to rejoice. Because although right now I feel like you've forgotten me, I'm going to praise you. Because as I look back over my life, it's been filled with nothing but the goodness and the blessings of the God of heaven. So if my blessings have run out, I have nothing to complain about. If I have nothing else to garner, if there's no more benefit for me, I am going to praise you because you have dealt bountifully with me. You have blessed me far beyond what I deserve and I cannot complain. 
we see three statements, uh, three statements of trust in God. So whenever we come into time of sorrow, we've got some things that are on our mind now, and I'm sure there are many other situations. Maybe we know of them, maybe we don't. When we come to times of sorrow, remember this, it's okay to tell God. It is okay to tell God about your sorrow. You don't have to hold it inside. You don't have to bear it alone. You can ask Him to explain it to you. You can tell Him if you don't think it's fair. You can express your heart to God. By doing so, you open your heart up. And whenever you open your heart up, He's able to heal. Have you ever seen a situation between two individuals Two people in a relationship, perhaps a husband and wife in a relationship, and they're at odds with one another. And one says to the other, Can you tell me what's bothering you? The other just doesn't say anything. And this can apply to men and women both. We both do it, we just accuse the other one more. But they're just like, Hmm. No, it's like, No, I. Tell me what's wrong. Tell me what's bothering you. As long as they hold it in, there's no healing. But the minute they say, here's what's bothering me, it may sound hurtful. It may sound, it may take the other spouse by surprise. I, I didn't know you felt that way. But once they open it in a right spirit, once they open now, the heart can be ministered to. You see, what we often do with God is we know that God is sovereign and we know that He's in control. And so when something happens that we do not understand, we feel like we can't tell God about it. And He's unable to heal. But whenever we tell God, God, I don't think this is fair, He's able to heal. Whenever we say, God, I feel like I've been cheated, He's able to heal. Whenever we say, God, I don't understand why this person has the blessing that I desire and it's withheld from me, he's able to heal. Whenever we tell him our troubles, he's able to heal. But when we go to him with our troubles, remember this. If he never answers, God is good. If he never responds, God is good. He is sovereign. He knows far more than we can ever comprehend. And all of His actions are guided and governed by His goodness. If He does not give us what we're praying for, God is good. And as we're expressing our heartbreak to Him, at the same time we can express to Him, I know that you are good. And I know that whatever you do, although I may not see it, it's governed by your goodness. When we take our heartbreak to God, we can rejoice in the fact that our eternity is secure. And whatever happens in this life really amounts to nothing in light of eternity. And so in the greatest heartbreak here, we are still able to have the greatest rejoicing in eternity. 
And then finally, whenever we take our heartbreak to God, don't forget His benefits. Don't forget your past blessings. Don't forget your past goodness. There have been times personally when I've went to God with heartbreak and I've been open and I've been honest with God. But then I would close the prayer with thanksgiving. And as I began to thank Him, and I began to remember what God has done for me in the past, and I began to remember the ways that He had blessed me uh, and the benefits He had poured out on me, uh, the problem that was so big when I came to Him got smaller and smaller and smaller and insignificant uh, as I realized uh, that He has dealt bountifully with me. How do we find hope in a hopeless situation? Go to God. Go to God. We have a tendency to run from God in hopeless situations. Don't run from God. Go to God. And when you get there, tell Him. He wants to know. He already knows. Tell Him how you feel. And then remind Him and yourself that regardless of what He does, you're trusting in Him. And you will find that the God of heaven who created you and who loves you more than you've ever been loved by any other creature will minister to your heart and bring healing that you would never experience if you hadn't went to Him. Psalm 13 is a psalm of lament. Over one-third of the psalms is David pouring his heart out to God. But in every one of them he ends with saying, But God, no matter what, 